Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to Pattern Portraits, an artwork and podcast by me, Lauren Godfrey. Each episode, I speak with a fellow pattern lover in the creative industries about their relationship to pattern and colour and how surrounding themselves with pattern serves as a kind of armour. Each guest has selected some textiles special to them, which we will discuss using the patterns to delve into their stories. I've also created an accompanying artwork, an abstract pattern portrait of the sitter through their patterns made from jasmineite inlaid with perspex and brass, and a resulting print will be available to purchase. There'll be an exhibition of all the artworks, and the prints are available on my website, laurengodfrey.co.uk. Follow Lauren Godfrey Studio and Pattern Portraits Podcast on Instagram to stay in the loop. And welcome to Pattern Portraits. Today I'm chatting with Gemma Kearney, a broadcaster and presenter known for her work with BBC Radio and a myriad of TV appearances, from hosting Glastonbury for the BBC to presenting the public art competition show Landmark for Sky Arts. Gemma is a published author with another book coming out imminently called The Immortal Sisterhood. Gemma is deeply and passionately involved in the art world. She's on the board of Jupiter Artland Foundation and the Edinburgh Art Festival, helping steer the ship of exciting art in Scotland and beyond. Gemma has a truly joyful approach to dressing, always appearing in fabulously playful patterns and colours, often sourced from independent designers and sustainable brands. I've long admired her buoyant presence on my screen and in my ears, so it's my absolute pleasure to chat pattern, colour and life with her today. Welcome Gemma to Pattern Portraits. Ah, oh, thank you. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. <laughs> I start every interview by asking, what does pattern mean to you? Pattern equals codes equals a part of communication that I appreciate and respect probably more than ever. I don't know how to describe my mind, um, but I do know that it's very visually led And that pattern can sometimes really help me express myself so that I don't have to articulate it. (laughs) Mm, Totally. It's sort of the the first port of call. Yes, I think so. I think, you know, I'm surrounded in what some would describe as busyness. What I see in my eyes really genuinely makes me feel happy and inspired. And a lot of that is colour and pattern. Mm. I've been researching different kind of coding within texture and craft, specifically with the writing of this new book. And I'm living in Scotland, so I'm surrounded in tartan. I'm literally speaking Mm. to you with a tartan blanket around my arms and not just for shows, for for warmth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And 
there is something almost magical about pattern. There just is. And then when you look into how a lot of it is configured, cultivated, made, designed, it becomes more and more and more intriguing. Mm. And I think I appreciate that on some kind of meditative level, let's say, like I said, more than ever. I I don't know that it's because of the nature of research. I don't know whether I sort of have this feeling that texture, pattern, code, design is a way of telling a history, but in a more secretive way. I think we're in a space and a time where so much is so explicit. Right. And the English language so dominant entwined with capitalism so loud so brash that bizarrely pattern can present or offer an an alternative to that Mm, that's really beautiful yeah this idea of it having a type of language built into the processes and the making of it I think is really nice and as you say about unraveling the threads and understanding the processes it gives it a kind of pace I think often when you think about the way like a tartan weave is built up and sort of the time it takes I mean whether it's a machine or a human uh, doing that it's got an inbuilt pace to it which I think is profound and quite beautiful there's so many different ways of describing this and it is a movement, it's a convergence and it's, I love the way that you describe it as pace because I think there is really something in that uh, from our human experience and it's kind of a vibration which mm. is like very much a language connotated with being a space cadet or a hippie but <laughs> I do think that there is something about object and and also pattern we're just, we're talking about pattern specifically but if we're talking about for example this blanket around me mm. it represents so much and what the actual pattern might tell could be the story of a clan you know I was reading a book about tartan specifically and um it was describing the the songs and chants sung in the factories when people were first starting to create the codes in tartan and tweed and there would Mm. be groups of women on the Scottish Isles particularly with tweed singing to who the item would end up on wow almost like a good luck spell kind of imbuing it with that charm Absolutely. And I think that this pace, this feeling, this vibration, however we want to describe it, whatever resonates, it does feel very real and very tangible and understandable. And it does transcend language, Mm. which is something that is so interesting to me, perhaps because I am deep into the weeds of writing. I'm really in my own head. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, my everyday life is, is full of color. Yeah. And it is full of musicality. And it seems that the women that I'm writing about in, in The Immortal Sisterhood had all of these, like, multitudes too. Mm. <laughs> the magic, mm. the codes, the survival, the storytelling. But then at the same time, a boldness somehow. Tell me more about um, The Immortal Sisterhood. So The Immortal Sisterhood began as a collection of love letters, really, to incredible women that had sparked my imagination that I felt weirdly ashamed to not necessarily know about or to have researched enough to really know parts of their essence that resonated with me as a human because I look to the stories of women and those of us who identify as this gender Mm. almighty um, and complicated and and so special and and it's been such a beautiful journey it's become way more than love letters Mm. and history it's become 
kind of formless historical patchwork of looking at certain women's lives and choices and then finding how it relates to some of mine or some of the ways that I've felt or been treated or what I've experienced because I do think that we're all connected and I think that Mm. there is something really special about celebrating our interconnections throughout time because many of these women are no longer living but at the same time have such stories to tell. Mm. Mm. And who who are some of the women? Are you able to reveal them or is that a surprise for when the book comes out? There's 12 (laughs) women and um, the one from longest ago is Pharaoh Hetesput, um, who was in short a genderless queen in ancient Egypt, ancient Kemet, as it was called at the time, um, who was incredible in terms of having a really architectural mind um, Mm. and was nearly written out of history because her tomb was completely destroyed. Right. Um, And it goes all the way through from Betty Davis, Uh who is mostly known from being married to Miles Davis, but was a funk artist in her own right. Pamela Coleman-Smith, who was an incredible artist and storyteller and occultist, um, who was such an ambiguous character that no one really knew like where she was from, having spent time in Jamaica as a child and had this kind of vibe and look that people used to describe in letters and in essays or articles as really quite odd and weird and no one ever really seemed to get her. Mm. She also created the 78 tarot cards that a lot of people still use, but they oh. were printed under the name of the person that printed them who was a man um so they're known as the rider weight cards but a lot of people use them and don't know that they were actually illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith and they're really special all the way through to Grace Jones so we've got a real wide amazing the web of the sisterhood is so special to me and I feel like I've made 12 new friends which is quite strange (laughs) but really (laughs) in uh, on other days very very cool oh it's lovely I love the idea of love letters as a kind of um manifesto for being and sort of I've tried to make artworks as love letters before and it feels like it comes from a really generous and genuine place you're sort of bearing your it's embarrassing a love letter somehow you're bearing your soul but you're kind of letting it all pour out and without any filter and I think that's actually a really generous thing for you to do to to sort of articulate that I think I am embarrassing I I always have been because I'm not that embarrassed very easily and I am seriously a lover so I love hugely I love life I love beautiful aspects of nature. I love the nature of living. I love brilliant humans. I really do love, in fact, one of the women that I'm writing about is Audrey Lord, who a lot of people know and reference often. Mm. But this is from a specific space of just being engulfed by one of her essays, which talks about living in the erotic and having a a lens on life that doesn't just see eroticism as something sexual, but that Mm. actually enjoys the pleasure of living, (laughs) whether Mm. it's watching a rose in your garden bloom or wearing your favorite dress Mm. or writing a love letter to your lover like all of these things can be so beautifully erotic and and I think that you probably need to not be embarrassed easily Mm. (laughs) to really embrace that as a state of being I think some people who don't wear a lot of pattern could see colourful dressing as something that could be quite embarrassing because it's a very attention-seeking type of thing to do. But I think, as you say about this eroticism or the kind of empowerment that it gives you, is actually like so addictive 
that it, it sort of outweighs any potential embarrassment for mm. me. I don't know if, how, if that's how you feel. I've always had this obsession with expressing myself through clothing. Mm. I've never been afraid of anything that could be deemed as weird. If anything, I probably have been too into the idea of wearing the weirdest outfit in the room mm. <laughs> at points. And I ask myself whether that is is something that I regret you know when you look back at like hashtag wardrobe fails or I find it empowering and I actually think I overall find these moments empowering um Mm. just this kind of idea of being embarrassed by clothes Mm. I think as people it's really helpful to analyze that critically and unburden ourselves with the fact that we should feel shame somehow (laughs) by having fun with outfits yeah yeah I think it's I mean it's totally a patriarchal uh squash mechanism isn't it it's like well this person's coming a bit out of the box that they're supposed to be in they don't look feminine or pretty as we expect them to they look a bit weird and wild and we can't categorize that um and I think that's what the daily mail or whatever it is that's that's shaming people that's what they're doing they're saying you're not fitting our idea of what you're supposed to look like and there's something great about sticking two fingers up to that like there's outfits that I've worn on the red carpet or to public events that for weeks afterwards I shuddered because I regretted Mm. it because perhaps it wasn't photographed well or it was actually really uncomfortable and I'd only tried it on once before I wore it and it Mm -hmm. didn't make me feel very good during an evening of eating and drinking or whatever and it's such an interesting an interesting relationship but it's an important relationship with clothes and recently I looked back at an outfit that had been slated it was in some sort of fashion film column in a tabloid after an award ceremony is from years ago and um my outfit was described as the color of mildew so like mold and it was green velvet like olive green almost Mm -hmm. um high necked mini with long sleeves and I remember feeling really embarrassed and not happy with the fact that it was described as mildew but I looked back at it recently and I really like it. Mm. <laughs> and my hair was fiery red. And I sort of looked like Little Mai from the uh-huh. Moomins. Oh, and I was I wearing fishnets and purple shoes. It's kind of a mixture between Tinkerbell and Little Mai and me. And <laughs> for me, actually, I, I am empowered and, and proud of this mashup of surrealist references that I actually have inside of me Mm. and it's never been linear conventional or pretty I'm of mixed heritage I've traveled I've had ups and I've had downs and Mm. I love color and freedom and and I'm and I'm really happy to wear that on my skin Mm. I feel like the description of mildew seems like it should be an insult <laughs> but it's actually quite articulate <laughs> it's like I, know. I can imagine exactly the color and I don't hate it <laughs> I know it was kind of quite strange for a tabloid to be like describing my outfit as the color of mildew because you're right it was articulate and it I don't know it's, I feel like I I often provoke this this kind of opening of a, of a third eye <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that makes people either afraid or annoyed mm. particularly when I cover very very mainstream spaces I can't be categorized mm-hmm. and I think that that is a risk you know but it's risky to be a woman and it's risky yeah. to be a black woman and it's risky to be a black alternative woman mm. and it's now risky to be a woman of nearly 40 you know mm-hmm. there's all these risks and it's 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 a place that I at this point in life feel actually really excited about 
Mm. And where do you get the strength from to kind of combat those risks? Like, does clothes act as your armour for that? Definitely Sometimes. clothes act as, as armour. Mm. So much acts as armour for me, but clothes are such a huge part of that. Mm. And I think they always have been in a way that hasn't always been conscious. Yeah. I've had the pure pleasure and luxury and privilege to think about that through the written word, through podcasts like this, through mm. having friends who are fashion historians or designers. It gives me the opportunity to to be more analytical. Yeah. Uh, when I was seven and insistent on buying this really ridiculous tea cozy fluffy green hat at the jumble sale that my mum was just like it's awful (laughs) (laughs) and for me it was just the most bulbous weirdest coziest mushroomy thing that I wanted to put on my head and wear in South London where we were living at the time it was armour but I didn't realise that Mm. then and having strong instincts and following them. Yeah, I, I am very instinct-led and for better or for worse. Yeah. Let, tell me about this um this first fabric, the dress. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, my God, I love this dress. It's so, so great. Oh, so I was making a documentary for Radio 4 called The Sound Odyssey. There's a series, a couple of series, actually, where we took British musicians, quote-unquote, so people that live and are based in the UK to different parts of the world to collaborate and make a piece of music with local musicians. And I was with Koji Radical, who's an awesome lyricist, rapper, artist. Mm. He's such an incredible polymath. And um, we were in Ghana, which is where his heritage goes to. And he hadn't been to Ghana for years where his both his parents were from. And we were just having an absolute ball. And he was making this piece of music and with local musicians. And we were just up. Everything was so vibrant about this particular mm. trip. And I was in Ghana. It was my first time I'd been there. And I felt really delighted, actually, because there was just this incredible experience of being only six hours away from the UK like I got on the plane it was Mm. snowing back home I was in beautiful West African sunshine around beats and rhythms and I felt so lucky to do the job that I do and we were driving down a street we were in Accra and there was a market stall with this particular dress just literally like kind of dancing in the wind and Mm. I was like stop the car (laughs) (laughs) and everyone was like what we're working and I said I need a minute and I need the dress that I've just seen um and I bought it straight away and it's bright yellow um it's kind of got this incredible incredible print I don't even know how to describe the print. Can you? Yeah, it's like it's like kind of crescent moons uh, or smiles mm. uh, in kind of red, outlined with black, and then it's got a sort of almost like a fish scale in the background um, on the on the yellow, also in a kind of black line. But I, but I mean, it brings me joy just to look at it because I can find little smiley faces in there and little <laughs> kind of it feels happy and joyful. It, it just in its it, almost like the subliminal messaging of a, a, of a of a smile. That's so nice. <laughs> That's what I mean about the coding. These codes mm, everywhere. Totally. And actually, if you're wearing smiles people smile at you yeah and I love the fit of it it's got this ruching all around the top half so that you can play with it and it melds to your body you know wherever your body might be at and Mm. it is it it's just a really happy you could tell that it's from the motherland Mm. and my eyes are so happy whenever I'm whenever I'm on the continent of Africa Mm. honestly I just feel like home and nature and joy and blackness and so much special stuff Mm. is just 
everywhere in craft form, in laughter form, in just there is such activity. Um, and that is very much in the colour of the fabrics. Yeah. And I love that yellow dress. I really, I really urge people to have a look at the pictures mm. as well as listen to the podcast because it's a good dress. <laughs> yeah, I'll po- I'll post all the pictures on Instagram. And it's actually quite nice, I think, to describe something and someone to imagine it and then get to see it. There's a sort of nice delay that happens in that moment where you're sort of like, I wonder what that's like. And your imagination fills in the gaps too. I love that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So tell me about your next fabric. I love this scarf. This next fabric and pattern is a scarf which I actually bought, funnily enough, on the continent of Africa, seeing as we're talking about the motherland. Um, In the east of Africa this time, I was in Ethiopia. And um, I, at the time, was doing quite a lot of research work um, and ambassadorial work for Oxfam quite a few years ago. And I wanted to document a particular initiative that they were working on at the time, which empowered women in rural communities through um, creating unions and um, teaching women particular skills that you could do in places that might not have electricity or the same infrastructure that we do. And I met with female beekeepers Mm. making honey and becoming part of the honey trade, some of which in quite a big way, actually, and really becoming quite successful. And it was an amazing trip. It really was. This was one of my first few trips to Africa and my definitely my first trip to Ethiopia. And uh, it's sometimes hard to express how much these moments that I feel so lucky to have had like imprint themselves in my inner world and my philosophies because they're just so unique and so special I think yeah Mm. and meeting with other women making honey which is also just so compelling as a as a thing <laughs> and yeah it's and such delicious. a collaboration <laughs> definitely and I was like meeting women who were so skilled that they could just cover their arm and whilst putting their hands like into beehives mm. and um having like a newborn child like on wow. the breast like with the other arm honestly it was majestic as an experience yeah. and um we went to a market one day um, and I loved the formation of colour, the kind of historical context of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is one of the African countries that was never colonised. Mm. Um, so there is such rich history and it all comes out in the architecture, in the food, mm. <laughs> in the dance and the traditional song and in the the dress and um I bought this scarf which is made up of loads of different colors it's white or just off-white most of the color but then each end of the scarf has a series of stripes 
but the way that the stripes are formed is kind of varying vertical stripes in in mm. width and you've got a fluorescent orange in there like a bright pink and I know it's just so appealing to look at. I yeah, love they, it they're like properly kind of rave colors like they're really <laughs> vibrant completely rave colors from <laughs> the market in northern <laughs> Ethiopia in Bahadir it's just a great scarf like it's thick it's like a sort of big scarf that I can wrap around my head I can wrap around my neck I can wear it in different weathers because it is cotton but it's also thick so it works in warmer climes and Mm. it works when it gets cold and I really love that scarf. Travel is obviously a huge part of your world and also like a pull to a certain location so I have the sense that when you lived in Margate, for example, you were so in Margate, you kind Mm. of were like really deeply entrenched in that world and swam every day at the tidal pool and had this kind of real rich relationship to that land. And now I feel like you're in Edinburgh, you've like, you're fully arrived in Edinburgh. You're kind of, you've, you've involved yourself in every aspect of the the particular place and there's something really nice about um the way that it's almost like you kind of gathering connections and stories in the places that you visit and these items so are so linked to place Mm. I can't help it 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 could be described as a search for identity but I know it to be more than that because Mm. I actually think that our identities are such a mush and swirl of things that we remember and things that were before us and then also Mm. like a deep implanted hope for bright futures Mm. um and also it just takes away a reliance on anything too material so even Mm. though we're talking about things and we're talking about trips but it's so much more it's about the legacy of cultures outside of me. Mm. Um, it is in the in the duty I feel to tell the stories, and it's in the changing kind of climate and environment that I feel safe to live in, move to, and grow in. Mm. And I think that we all should be allowed to kind of have this sense of movement and to actually do it you know physically like to move to places to consider a world without borders it keeps me outside of a binary that Mm. makes me feel really free and it's a lot to do with place and it's a lot to do with nature and it's a lot to do with this idea of of mother earth really Mm. it's almost like other it's like a like an ethereal sense of the mothership mother earth like the mother line like um and and to me all these things are quite like divine I feel really really thankful for Mm. um and it and it connects us it's like it, it is I do I do immerse myself into space and I create these like quite romantic relationships with with honey Mm. (laughs) with water (laughs) with tartan Mm. and it's all to do with my experiences the experiences that I'm invited to learn about um kind of cracking the codes that are for me you know like what is my my toolkit of self-care um or, or knowledge and it's because I don't necessarily feel like convention or the structures have me in mind <laughs> or right. had me in mind when designed mm. so therefore I have to cultivate my own ecosystem or ecology and it's so much to do with the buildings around me or yeah. the 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 blankets around you yeah (laughs) or I don't know like like I've you know I've got a shop space in my in my area in Edinburgh 
mm. and everybody wants to know what it is and I don't know yet right <laughs> which could be stupid or it could be exciting but for me it is the latter and it's, it's again it's about thinking independently I love to question and I like things to be journey based I love the idea of of beginning a shop but not quite knowing where it's going it's Something quite funny like, like people yes. ask me in the street like Gemma what's going on with your place and I'm like I don't know but it's part reading room part writer's room mm. part events on Saturday we're doing a clothes sale Last Saturday, we did a somatic movement workshop in there. Like, it could be wow. so many things. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a hub. A yeah. Of, yeah. Exploration. Yes. I, I do feel like Dora the Explorer sometimes. I joke, mm. I'll pack my backpack and off I go. And it's probably one of my most favourite things to do or my my sense of self that feels most kind of me when I am just like exploring Mm. there was something you said about the idea that you have a kind of urge to tell certain stories or kind of stories that you're bound to tell and um, I really like thinking about how clothes are sort of like a little uh, ticket to be asked about a particular story. So if you wear the scarf from Ethiopia, someone's bound to say, God, I love your scarf. And then it gives you license to say, well, I went to this place and it was amazing. And this is what I found. And, um, and I kind of, I think that clothes and pattern in particular has such potential to um, spark conversation, but not only that, it's sort of like, it's like you're wearing a kind of, an an index or glossary to you mm. and those things are like oh uh yeah ask me about this and I'll tell you about that it's kind of I love that it's got a lovely potential it's a dot to dot isn't it of our yeah. stories yeah and and sometimes those things kind of come together so then you're drawing this dot to dot between I don't know if you ever wear that scarf with the Ghanaian dress but there's something then you're kind of drawing this line across the map that that has such beauty to it that it's like those things haven't been paired before maybe um but I'm gonna wear them together now yeah (laughs) (laughs) I have this yearn to have more space. I have a, a, a decent amount of space and I feel really lucky for that. But I would love to have an area, you know, with all the setup to be able to archive and protect or, or even repair, you know, like so many garments that I have. Mm. I've, I've got an idea called the Fashion Hospital, actually, which I really would like to do um, maybe as a telly project. Mm. this is something I think could be really fun on a mainstream level which would be like Mm. the repair shop but for clothing so that detail that intricate almost with the opportunity to I was calling it tattooing clothes you know like stains that you're really ashamed of on beautiful garments like don't be sad anymore like why not get somebody who's a skilled embroider to Mm. tattoo over that stain (laughs) That's a really nice idea. I'm thinking of a dress that I've got that's like a Harlequin black and white dress, a vintage one I bought in Paris, and it's got the worst period stain. Oh, <laughs> it's so sad because I love it. Uh, but maybe the whole bum Please could bring just it become to the fashion hospital. <laughs> and we are going to reclaim this menstruative moment. I don't even know if that's a word, but I've just created it. Yeah. And um, we are going to tattoo into, I don't know, we could create a beautiful lily or something. What would you like? What would you like oh, to yeah. have embroidered in that in the space Gosh, of that probably, period? Thing? Probably something uh, quite bold. I don't know. Probably I, I'm imagining like a, a sort of icon of of mid-century modern furniture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that is that allowed? A chair, yes, a chair, maybe like a like a Rietveld chair on my bum. Oh my <laughs> god! You know what? In certain circles, that is gonna go down like a house on fire. And then I'd always have so- I'd always have somewhere to sit. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. Like all of the furniture bods out there, put your hands yeah. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, I'm definitely first in line for the fashion hospital. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Because I just think we can always work with these materials and textures and actually pattern, like collaging. Mm. My literary agent came, she's a mate of mine as well. She came to save me the other day. And um, as a kind of giant metaphor of love and encouragement, she got us to watch um, How to Make an American Quilt Oh. Um, with Winona Ryder and Maya Angelou and it was the perfect metaphor because it just released this sense that I have to be doing it all alone um, mm. and that expression has to be done in a particular way like the quilting metaphor became momentously like really helpful for me mm. that it takes many hands to like make a quilt and it can be an act of resistance to kind of cut up and use uh things that have been discarded or or pre-loved and positioned in in a new way um Mm. and I and I would really like for us all to be doing that like together like Mm. more that's beautiful yeah really nice definitely would recommend a watch nice I'll hunt it down um, let's talk about another of your patterns. Um, should we talk about the crochet items? Yeah, so the crochet is a, is a mix of stuff. I sort of realised when gathering garments for this podcast that I have a real thing for crochet. Mm. And I haven't thought about it really before. I know my mum used to crochet in the 70s. I used to sort of think that was quite cool and glamorous. It's somehow connected to... Jamaican culture which I don't I'm not sure why my mum's the Scottish side actually I'm Scottish Jamaican but just doing lots of research and residing in the places where I'm from which is actually Mm. everywhere I did my DNA recently and I'm from everywhere But, but um going back to to crochet as an act like um I found that bikini top in the pan African colors in the red green and yellow on a beach in Jamaica and I and I had to have it nice. <laughs> and I was re-listening to um my Grace Jones interview which is part of the Ledger Society series right. in it she talks to me about how she used to do crocheting simultaneously to uh weightlifting <laughs> <laughs> nice. while spending long periods in in Jamaica on the island yeah mm. <laughs> I mean, not exactly at the same time, but she was talking about pastimes to me and yeah. brought up both of them. But I need to know like more. I just know that you can find crochet pieces held in quite high esteem in the Caribbean um, and that I've always been attracted to crochet. Um, maybe it's because it takes a long time and it's so beautifully crafted. Yeah. It sparks my imagination somehow. You don't need much equipment in a similar way to knitting. It's sort of the, it's not like you need a huge loom or a printing bed or something. You can kind of create patterns and shapes quite well. I've actually never crocheted, but I, as I understand, it sort of all happens in quite a small space. Mm. <laughs> um, cool though, isn't it? Isn't it amazing yeah. that you can make all of these different patterns and bring together all these colours and it's make so a bikini? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. The bikini's amazing. Is the is the black and yellow uh sort of bee bee colored? Is that a top as well? Yeah, so this is um a Katie Jones piece and she is quite a notorious crocheter. She's okay. very very she's so talented and really combines fashion with crochet Mm. has done for a long time so I had been a fan of her work for ages and then when my last book came out which is six years ago now in 2017 open a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be I did what I do I've decided I could describe it as going mad but it's not it's just like this enthusiasm firework that I have when I've worked so hard on something so I um I bought a double-decker yellow bus. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) I think inspired by the Spice Girls movie, but 
Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you. Like everybody kind of wants a bust, and I did, and I did, and I, <laughs> you know, spent my entire advance on it. So there we go. But um, I also just started to galvanize makers and thinkers to respond to certain elements of the book because the book, in fact, is a huge ode to visual color pattern because it's fully illustrated a bit like a zine Um, and it's for young adults and it's about all the different things that we go through in life and how to potentially create a language around certain things that can be tricky or certain things that you might want to do that are amazing you know Mm. and I've got the full gamut in there anyway I went to Katie and I said I really want an outfit that looks like my book and my book's bright yellow with sparkly lettering and um, it's kind of got this subversive street party cannon emoji vibe to it. And, <laughs> and uh, we worked on a skirt and top combo that I could wear whilst on my yellow bus with my yellow book, which went on tour around the country. And we went to schools and spoke about different subject matters that might affect us. And um that is the top of it. So it's kind of based on my book cover. So it's a kind of uniform. Yeah. When you're in uh, open mode, you've got this this outfit that you can put on to to channel that. Kind of. And it, <laughs> all these things that happen quite organically. I try not mm. to overthink them because I don't feel so comfortable in like an academic intellectual space. But yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it often you wear like um really nice independent brands and sustainable brands people like irregular sleep pattern I've seen you wear their stuff and uh, sort of supporting the the kind of smaller brands how do you go about finding people and yeah what's your criteria I've always had an antenna for really exciting new design um I don't know if that's because I lived in a particular part of London at a particular time and fashion was like really key to my everyday, like living in amongst magazine culture and trying to be a stylist living in Shoreditch in the noughties or whether it helps me escape the monotony of conforming, um, to love clothes but to be against fast fashion which I definitely am these days it's it's quite a confusing dichotomy um so I do use Instagram or place again it goes back to that Mm. thing that you picked up on in terms of sense of place I think that finding out who's designing what wherever you live is quite elevating to the experience of where you're living and a regular sleep pattern I found out about whilst moving to Scotland and thought what they were doing was really cool. And it was really pertinent to the time to have kind of leisure wear as outerwear. Mm. Like I've worked with Mary Benson, for example. Oh, yeah. Since Mary was a graduate, somebody turned up to my radio show wearing a t-shirt with an iridescent flower on it. And I was like, who made that? And they said Mary Benson. And that was it. I sought out mm. her studio and we we were making stuff together and I'd just be like, can I have a jacket that looks like a stained glass window disco ball with a big G on the back for Glastonbury and Gemma? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, great. There's certain people that I've connected to or collected in this like broader network over the years that I think probably are the closest that I could come to living in the 70s. And I think Mary Benson is mm. one of them. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) That's the aim, living in the 70s. In a way, yeah. Well, from the 70s to the 80s, should we talk about this uh, 80s um, dress? Yes. I actually cannot for the life of me remember where this dress is from. It might have been a gift. And if that person gave it to me, please remind me. But I love this dress (laughs) and people love it as well. Mm. It's about the print and it's so exciting. It kind of has a stained glass window vibe, you think? actually. Yeah, yeah, sort of because of the slight black black outline on the pattern, and it's like very colourful. So it's kind of pinks and blues, yellows, reds, blacks. 
all sorts. <laughs> what is and, it about that distinct eighties vibe? Yeah, I think it's that mashup of colours. There's this movement to the pattern as well that's just so specific of the time. Mm. There's shapes or even this kind of like stroke as though design on the on the computer had just started. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> It, it's got this sense of excitement about it. Mm, how does it make you feel when you wear it? I really enjoy it. I sort of bounce in that dress and mm. people respond to it, like I said, just so nicely. It also photographs really amazingly. It just is the piece, the piece, the piece, the piece. Yeah. You don't have to like wear anything else really that like that's anywhere near as interesting you can be really neutral and wear that dress and I mean what a print but it's a very special dress it's a cool piece and it's so easily in that kind of cliched way like folded put into a backpack and there I go I'm off on my travels (laughs) yeah it's nice to have those trusty friends that you can bring with you and you know that you'll kind of show up as yourself wherever you are completely I'll be wearing that to dinner on any of the continents yeah and people know who I am it feels it feels like it's um it's full of joy yeah do you find that um clothes can overturn your mood like if you're feeling low putting on a particular thing can kind of turn that the right way around again I know that clothes can change my mood I've Mm. I've I've utilized that many times (laughs) yeah I imagine having a kind of public persona. You mentioned kind of being on the red carpet, appearing on television and knowing that you you have to kind of perform a particular type of the self. Um, I imagine clothes are quite a good shortcut to that sometimes. Definitely, particularly in the public aspect of my work. Having clothes as armour, as you described before, it is very tangible and real thing Mm. I DJ'd at the Lincoln Center which is in the middle of New York City for an outdoor public event that was celebrating the Jubilee over in the UK um I was so surprised to be asked it was an amazing moment I couldn't really believe it I'm not hugely royal in terms of a fanatic right but I was DJing around a disco ball for a free silent disco in New York City, wearing a Zandra Rhodes special, which was just such an incredible item to wear. We're talking like gold foil. Like I was covered in gold folds. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. actually what it did is it turned like this celebration that represents hierarchy, things that disgust me in terms of the treatment of my ancestors, Mm. the Union Jack, like almost lambasting like my eyes. Yeah. It completely changed that. I was like suddenly a black British person feeling jubilant Mm. in New York City in the home of disco. And suddenly like everything was different. (laughs) Everything was incredible you rewrote that narrative somehow and like it was the gold dress it Mm. was the British designer you know who gets it who is like one of the most creative like brilliant minds it 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 was so many things it was the shine it was the and I always sort of say that disco if if it was a religion it might be the church that I kind of Mm. And can understand and yeah it, it felt it felt like jubilee celebration was for everybody and jubilance is something that we can all create within ourselves and we can do that for a dress should we talk about your final fabric which is the one with the people Oh, yes. Oh, talking of New York. This particular trip, the jubilant trip, 
last year to DJ and um, I went to the Jean-Michel Basquiat exhibition. It was a retrospective put together by his family. So it had this really intimate curation. For example, they created his studio. They recreated it. So what it would have been like when he was making work. I found it really, really special. Honestly, I feel like walking through that for an afternoon it gets under your skin somehow. Mm. Like you just sort of feel so inspired that I felt like I'd almost had a conversation with him. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, again, my imagination is rampant. So I walked out beaming. Firstly, like a family were like, you look amazing, girl. You know, in that lovely way in America where people actually like are just sort of a bit nice more verbose and like, <laughs> out there. It's like, oh my God, thanks. <laughs> And it was a family, an African-American family dressed amazingly of different generations. And the grandma had blue lipstick on. Excellent. Literally just like steaming with coolness. Ah, good times, basically. Mm. And then I found um, the New York City Opera Thrift Store. And it was the best thrifting I had ever experienced all over the world just oh because God. the people that want to support the opera have good stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. It's like going to Hampstead yes. in yes. London or something. Yes. Like, yeah. They were playing really good music and um, they had some amazing clothes and this beautiful sarong. I'm not sure where it would be from originally, but it's just it's so kind of on theme for me to create these stories and feel these emotional connections to the togetherness of women and there's women on on this piece kind of in harmony it feels like yeah so I'll I'll describe it briefly there's um it's a sort of is it it's a sarong or a kind of stretch of fabric I suppose you could use in whatever way you like um which has um really nice stylized drawings of four women each wearing a different kind of block color so there's like a sort of a lemon yellow and a green and then a kind of bright red and a sort of warm brown color outfit and then uh they've they're all on sort of profiles so mm. they've got this really nice shape to their hair and noses it, it feels like they're all having a little conversation yeah there's I mean to be honest it feels like the embodiment of your immortal sisterhood book in a in a pattern or in an in a print they're they're gossiping or yeah share, sharing yeah and I mean it feels like a painting it does it's a story in a in a picture on a piece of material yeah and I love art within clothing and it feels like a piece of artwork it's like what I'm drawn to this idea that we can somehow uphold one another in mm. unity mm. do you wear it I do yeah 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 I love the colors the color palette is so nice to me it's like really like specific like the mustards and the yeah it feels tropical and I think I, mean, I live in Edinburgh which is beautiful but it's quite a bit posh sometimes mm-hmm. um there's lots of royal blue and navy and yeah it's quite a grey city as well, yeah. architecturally. And in kind of a beautiful way, there's a sort of slaty grey feeling. But often if the, if it's overcast as well, there's quite a washout that happens somehow. Completely. And those are the days where I want to wear the brightest clothing. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. came up from Margate where the sky would turn psychedelic coral on a regular wow. basis. Then I came here and the light's completely different. And it's a sort of stately, classical place to be, yeah. which does do something for my mind. But I really miss vibrant colour. Mm. <laughs> and um, I seek it and I wear it and yeah. I, um, I try to embody it. Mm. I ask everybody if there's a pattern that got away, is there something you're kind of chasing or coveting? This is where I like actually like feel so like fall to my knees thankful because most of those things I think I actually have. 
Oh, that's so nice. I think I do. I well, maybe think. that comes around to that thing I said about you sort of seizing the moment. I feel like you're someone who hears your instincts and you're like, right, I'm going to buy a double-decker yellow bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stop the car and get that Ghanaian dress. So like opportunities don't pass you by. I don't overthink <laughs> opportunities. I live by my gut and by my heart. Um mm. it doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes, but it does mean that I do seize the moment. I love it when I have that eureka moment that I yeah, I would like to buy and pour love into this item or remember this moment for all time when I put on this dress because mm. it was an electrifying mo- moment that I, I would love everybody to know about and everybody to experience. I love it. And which of these would you save from a house fire? Oh, you can't do that to me, Lauren. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm, not se- I'm not setting any fires. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, oh... That is really hard. <laughs> it probably has to be the 80s number that I can't remember where mm. I got it from because it just invokes so much joy through others mm-hmm. as well as like me wearing it. People are always like, I love that. I love that. And that, that's such a a nice way to be <laughs> in yeah. the world um, that it probably has to be that. But wow, I'm going to be no. grabbing all of the pieces. Yeah. Or heading back to Jamaica to buy a crochet bikini again. (laughs) Go around again. You just have to like revisit all those places. It could be kind of a nice odyssey. Oh, again, you're picking up on like a part of me that is like very real. Mm. I try not to over lament on on objects. I mean, so yeah, I would go. I, I feel like my life is like an odyssey and I feel so lucky to be able to feel like that. Mm. I really do and I just really wish it for everybody Mm, that's so nice such a lovely note to end on as well yeah but don't even overthink it don't overthink it like it is in our gut like our intuition is like so there for us Mm. and if it says literally yes to the dress (laughs) (laughs) and you know give it a go hear it yeah yeah so nice thank you so much Gemma this has been magic that was quite like a lovely um transcendental I love talking about clothes I love talking about color I like sort of went off into a dream space it's fabulous thank you so much Gemma Bye bye Thank you so much for listening to Pattern Portraits. That's season one, wrapped up and done. It's been such a lovely project to work on and I've had such rich and inspiring conversations with all the guests. I'm really looking forward to working on season two. So do stay tuned because that will be coming at some point in the not too distant future. If you've enjoyed the podcast and want to support it, a really nice way of supporting it is to buy one of the prints. Each episode has a print that accompanies it. So um, do take a look on my website, laurengodfrey.co.uk. You can find a link to the shop there where you can see all of the prints that are available. And each one is £75. It's a responsibly printed gicle print on Hanamula bamboo paper. So they've got a real rich gorgeous juicy colour quality to them which I think really captures the vibrancy of the patterns that we've spoken about thank you so much for being along for the ride it's been so fun thanks bye you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.